0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose. On this show, I talk with women that I believe are living out their God given purpose right in the place where they are at. My hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people, or both, whether you're married or single, full nest or emptiness, Whatever your particular circumstances, I hope that in listening to these women and their stories, that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. You'll be hearing from ordinary people living ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Today, I will be talking with my dear friend, Carly Stobie. Carly is a wife to her wonderful husband, Joel, a mom to four beautiful girls who she homeschools, She has an incredible heart for justice, which she beautifully cultivates in her children, and you'll be so inspired by her outlook and strategies for pressing in close to God during difficult seasons. I think you'll be especially entertained by her so close stories. Carly and I are very similar in this way, and we spent quite a bit of time on this episode sharing a few of her remarkable, so close moments. I know you'll love her and her story, so without further ado, Here's my interview with my dear friend, Carly Stobie. Well, hello! Welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm so happy that you're sitting here with me in my kitchen. This is my good friend, Carly Stobie. She is... We have known each other for a long time. very long time. Um, And I try not to think about the fact that you make me feel really old, because when I met you, I'm still that age in my head, but when I met you, we were what, 24, mm-hmm. and you were in our high school group at church, and I feel like you've grown up, and I, I'm pretty sure I've just stayed the well, same. Well, I just thought I was the same age as you then as well, so. <laughs> oh my goodness, but we, you were one of our favorites. Don't tell anyone else that, because it's <laughs> <except laughs> all of the internet now. We're not supposed to have favorites, but you were one of my girls, and we love you, and I loved I loved those high school years together when you were in our group and you would hang out with Julie and Mel and we would laugh until the wee hours of the morning and be all the silly. And guess what? We still do. We do. <laughs> we absolutely do. It makes,
1: <laughs> it makes me laugh. I'm so grateful for you in high school and you and Michael just being a steady constant for us. and
0: Oh, so fun. Good years. So fun. But today you're here because again, the purpose of this podcast is that I want to encourage women to live out their purpose right in the space that they are at. And I really see that you're doing that. You are a mom. Well, first you're a wife to Joel, who is awesome. And I, I love your relationship because it is so parallel to mine with Michael. (laughs) (laughs) That's why the four of us are perfect piece in the same pod. (laughs) How many times do our husbands eye roll at each other at the, the ridiculousness that is you and I, which is so fun because I feel like you and I are very similar and our husbands are very similar. And yet you and I are on one end of the scale and they're on a whole other yeah. <laughs> end of much more. I don't think they think they're on the same scale as we are. Really? really actually, that's right. I'm being too generous. <laughs> That's right. They don't want to claim us. They're on a whole different scale. They don't like our scale. (laughs) So they just roll their eyes at us. Actually, it's really funny though, because I think my husband goes, I didn't know there were two of you. (laughs) I didn't know that was possible. (laughs) Oh, it's the best. And you are a mom to four amazing girls. Let's let's start there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about them? Sure.
1: Uh, So we have four girls. They are Ten, eight, six, and three. Uh-huh. So that's not busy at all. No, no, not at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're also, not that all children aren't funny and brilliant and energetic, but they are all just that. They're very precocious little girls. Yes. And they love, they love life to the fullest. And so we live in a very noisy home. Um,
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we, the, there's so much <laughs> laughing at your house. There's so much Fantastic. laughing. And we, um, when we
1: bought our house, uh, we don't like the idea of kids all going away to their own rooms. And, and we like the idea of doing life together. Uh-huh. So we bought this house that has that feeling, right? Right. Um, where even the upstairs rooms kind of overlook the downstairs rooms. Yeah. And just recently, we were talking about how we... Just want a basement or a
0: bonus <laughs> ride. <right. laughs> Somewhere to put <laughs> all the children?
1: <laughs> At some point, there's too much life. Oh, that's um, and so funny. And not that there's ever too much laughter, but sometimes it really feels that way. And oh, you just have to goodness. stop and ask God for grace to enjoy just how much our kids love
0: life. Oh, they're great. And, and they really are these precocious little girls. They are. So bright, so mm-hmm. ambitious and inquisitive. And I bet there's not a shortage of words. Oh, no, not at all.
1: Or, I mean, and they're just really sharp. And so yeah. recently Joel had the idea of creating a box where he anything that was left out, he would just put it in the box and they oh. had to do a chore right. to I- earn something. <laughs> and we're sitting at the, the dinner table and Addie and Anna, our two oldest, kind of start to giggle. And Anna said, we came up with a great idea. And we said, "Oh, what is that?" And she said, "Well, Addie and I just have this plan that we're just going to start leaving out the things that we don't want anymore, or <laughs> our garbage, because then Papa will pick them up and put them in the
0: My Goodness, <laughs> the plan to make uh, Dad clean blend. up after you. Yeah, and I don't it, want that anymore, so I'm just going to leave it out. He'll get it. But they He'll definitely. The
1: <laughs> 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 oh, so that's I love like that. daily daily occurrences where mm-hmm. oh, they outsmarted us again. Um, oh, so, that's
0: so funny keeps us humble and yeah. oh my gosh that's yeah. so funny that totally you're, yeah I, I lived that life of feeling like I couldn't compete and so I would just have to tell them I am the mom no. <laughs> You are the child. You may outsmart me. You may be, have a higher IQ than me. I'm still the mom. I'm in charge. <laughs> and it was so liberating to learn that because I always thought
1: I was going to be the mom that always had a really good reason, like a yeah. deep moral reason why mm-hmm. we do or not do something. And yeah. it's so liberating just to say, because I said so. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. That's all I got right now. You don't need to ask any questions. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just (laughs) a negotiation. Because I said so. (laughs) Right. Sometimes it comes to that when you have smart children. I I agree. Um, So you not only have four people that are busy and inquisitive in your life, but you also homeschool them in your home so that it's all day long. All day. Working. To challenge and inspire these smart kids, so what is that? What led to your decision to homeschool your kids?
1: Well, there were a couple of reasons, and I think the reasons that we even began homeschooling maybe aren't even the same reasons that we still homeschool. Oh, okay. but originally, uh, I think there were two main reasons, and one of them, one of them was our oldest Addie, is really aware. um she's a really Sensitive,
0: yeah,
1: kiddo. And so, even as a baby, there was a season where if we left home at all, she wouldn't sleep for twenty four hours.
0: Oh, and so uh,
1: we just she we learned early on that she got overstimulated really easily.
0: Oh wow! And
1: so we just needed to keep her close. Yeah, and the idea of school or right. sending her out would have been too overwhelming for her, especially wow. at that point. There's a lot that she's grown out of, and a lot of tools that we've learn to help her with. Um, mm-hmm. But that was one of our original thoughts, that, and she was reading at age four and was right. studying history. Right. Yeah. And uh, we thought, like, yeah. um, this is my four-year-old who loves Sacagawea and Anne yeah. Frank, and I just don't think she's going to fit in. Um, right,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: And what would people do with her? Um, yeah. Because she's a very unique, a unique little girl. And so yeah. um, we wanted to keep her home, but then we also just had a vision of, what it looked like to grow our kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord and wanted to keep them close as long as we could. yeah, And kind of holding it open-handed. And we just, even now, are in a process we kind of like to, with all of our life, stop and Uh reevaluate at different periods and say, okay, so we decided to do this at one point. Are we still called to this as this but our family still looks like. And so right now, I mean, we look at that as, as all parents, regardless of how you choose to school, we're called to disciple our kiddos. Yeah, And um, we feel like right now that's easiest if they're with us Right. and right. we love them. And it's obviously all parents love their children, but we just feel like it's the easiest way to do that Yeah. for right now. Right. And
0: that's yeah. so good. I love so. that you, you said that something that I think is important and applicable in all areas of just reevaluating from time to time and checking back in with God because I can be so loyal and I want to kind of dig deep roots or I want to walk the same path that I've been walking where the ruts are real clear. (laughs) And I think it is really important to stop sometimes and say, is this, even though this feels okay, is this actually what you have for us? And, And let him have a chance to reroute. And I know in our, our lives, he's done that a few times when we've just paused and kind of checked in. Is this what you have for us? And
1: I think you get comfortable with what is familiar Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always mean it's right. Um, Or just because something was right at one point, life changes and variables change and our knowledge of God changes and people change. And so really saying, okay, just because I said I was going to do it this way, doesn't mean that that's how I, I absolutely have to stick to this and finish it. Even if all signs are pointing to. So how does that
0: look, how does that look for you when he does start to reroute you? What is that, how does he speak to you in those times?
1: Hmm. I'd say, well, all sorts of means. Most of the time I think God uses his people. Well, and his word, those are two main things. Just a still small voice, I think, which is easy to drown out. Yeah. But just, I don't know, actually. Yeah. What exactly that looks like. I think it depends on the season and Sometimes it's a really loud wake
0: up people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's like, hmm, like this isn't this isn't working. Yeah. I mean, and that even with educating your kids, you think Yeah, okay, this is the way we're gonna do it. This is the curriculum we're gonna use. This is what it's right. gonna look like. But we have four different children with different needs and different learning styles. And so oh
0: just goodness. because
1: it works <laughs> well for one doesn't mean it works well for all of them. So how do we that's how a do big i job adjust for um, you
0: every day to try to sort that out and provide that individualized instruction based on their personalities and needs so where do you get your resources do you have a, any other homeschooling moms that you tap into or do you have a curriculum that you love
1: well we happen to live in a really awesome community of homeschoolers and okay. I, Idaho is just homeschool rich and great um, so many great resources and co-ops and communities and mm-hmm. I have great moms from church and different walks of life are in our last neighborhood. There were five homeschooling families, oh, wow. all from different religious backgrounds and all homeschooling for different reasons. And uh-huh. so you can really just find support wherever you need it. Uh, for us, there's we currently kind of piecemeal our curriculum where we Researched a lot of different curriculums and found different things that we thought would work best with our family instead of kind of a package. Um, There are days where I really wish that I just had a list of things to do so that I could actually check boxes for my husband.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right. He's like, "What did you,
1: (laughs) husband? What did you? Did you like the question? Did you do school today? Uh Um, All of life is school, honey." Uh Uh (laughs) Right. (laughs) So
0: yeah.
1: um and then we also are part of a worldwide organization called Classical Conversations. Oh. Okay. And so we're part of a little community here in Boise. There are several of them here in town. And so we're together once a week. And so it's great to come together with other moms and kiddos and That's so fun. And learn together. And so there's great support within that system.
0: So what's one of the very what's one of your very favorite things about homeschooling your
1: um, kids? My very favorite thing is snuggling in the morning.
0: Oh yeah, it's If you're at kindergarten Yeah, <laughs> And there are so many
1: mornings where I have all four of them Aww. on my lap at so, sort of ish. Yeah. Um, and the dog yeah, trying yeah. to get in too. And it seems like madness, but I just love those still small jammy moments. Right. And typically there's a time by the end of the day where I have to remind myself of how much I love those right. morning yes. struggles. Because yeah. <laughs> by the end of the day <laughs> there's total chaos and yeah. nothing ever quite goes as planned. And because we Live in our house, it's always a mess, no matter how much you're cleaning or
0: picking up. Yeah, it just is
1: always chaos. So by the end of the day, I have to remind myself that, oh yeah, like I love being able to start start
0: out the day that way. So would you say that's your most challenging thing about homeschooling? Is That it's in your house. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) It all runs together. Yeah. (laughs) Decidedly. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's hard to um, look at each child and want, well, I I think, you know, regardless of whether you homeschool or not, you look at your kids and you see the unique gifts that God has given them and you want to be able to equip them. Right. And so I think there are so many days at the end of the day where I think, oh, I really failed. Like, am I nurturing all of them? Am I helping each one individually? And I, I mean, I think there's so much growth in doing things collectively and yeah. those character building things with being in the house yeah. together, all day together, like so many things that
0: no, that's are right. growing us. But That's a like um, huge, because I, I think moms do that. I, I do that all the time, question every single thing that I'm doing and am I getting even kind of getting this parenting thing right, and then just when you think you're kind of owning one stage, then they move right into another one, and you're relearning all of it all over again, and to have that hat plus then have to go, am I educating that, like the educator hat on top of it, that's a lot of pressure, (laughs) so way to go, that's hard. Well, and
1: it's interesting, because Joel and I have such different personalities, and Mm -hmm. he's very much the engineer yes. and systems and structure and we were just talking about this last night. He is very concrete and um abstract random, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, so, yes. and so I'm like, of course we're learning. Yeah. All of life is a <laughs> Totally. It's a school room, honey. Yeah, and not that so funny? Mm. See,
0: I just love that because you and I are probably 10 out of 10 abstract random and our husbands are probably 10 out of 10 linear yeah. concrete. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's awesome.
1: <laughs> and so making sure, like, what's so funny is that my kids now have the mindset that if we did math, then we did school that day, and oh, right. so when Joel says, "Oh, so what did you do for school today?" They're like, "Don't worry, Dad, we did school, and it's uh, because we did our It doesn't math. matter if we were studying history or writing or yeah, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Like we did school That's because we so did our math, Dad. Don't worry.
0: Funny, oh, I love that. Oh, we bring so much color to our husband's mm-hmm. wives, I feel <laughs> um, their world would be so boring. I told it. Joel that." Pretty much daily. Yeah. Yeah. Just think of how boring your life would be without me. We have to remind them. So so what advice would you have for anybody listening who might be considering launching their family down the homeschooling path?
1: Well, I'd say to pray. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, any decision, however you educate your child. And I think, like, my heart is for moms, well, parents in general, to not feel like there's one right way. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we can... You can homeschool to the glory of God and you can public school to the glory of God and to be gracious with one another in that as you make that decision. Yeah. And just to remember that like nothing is permanent. And you can you can change course. Yeah. And you can say like this is we're gonna try and we're gonna do our best. And I'd say those first few years are brutal. Uh, it's so hard to get in a rhythm of going from just doing life and play and that kind of thing to okay now how do we start to bring in more structured education Mm -hmm. and it's hard like it took a couple years to actually get in a rhythm of oh this is what it looks like and then and every year changes because we've added okay now we're yeah and now we're schooling one more child so how do we do that and bring that into the mix and now our older kids need more and so they require a little bit more time and so it's having patience with yourself and grace, and yeah. trusting God that you're not going to forget something major. And especially if
0: you're just starting out and they're five. Right. Like, it's going to be okay. It's so. going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I say that is in all of parenting. It's going to be okay. Right? Yeah. It's, is it going to be okay? It's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much. It's <laughs> just that whole absence of a manual that is challenging as a mom. Again. Yeah. Didn't, I don't think anybody told me that enough before I had kids, that they don't come with instructions. <laughs> I know. I was just talking
1: to a friend about that yesterday and how, because they're waiting through the decision of one of their kids, they've been homeschooled, to really wants to go to school. Oh, um, right. And we joke about how she says she wants to go to real school. Oh, because kids who are homeschooled right. don't think about it as real
0: school. Oh, dear. <laughs> right. Oh. Like, Mom, you know, like the
1: type of school where there are teachers.
0: Oh, and you think, hey. Ouch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. There's the teachers there's right. people, and there's yeah. people.
1: Um, and just wrestling with her and how as they walk through this, like, what does that look like? Yeah. And just wishing there was a manuscript for each right. kiddo with specific directions. And so really just talking about then, okay, what is our manuscript and that's God's word. And what matters is that we love him and that we do justice and love mercy and we walk humbly with him. That's what we're called to. And that's what our kids are called to. And so they can do that in either location. And so helping them as little people walk that out, whatever it looks like, but just as parents recognizing it is okay. Like God is, God loves our kids more than we do.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of homeschool and kids being in your home all the minutes of all the days and you're very creative you are a deep thinker and a beautiful writer I love anytime you post anything that is like a window into Carly's spiritual life and thoughts how do you how do you find an outlet for that when you've got your people around you all the time how do you still find time for that
1: well I don't, oh. to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember those seasons. To be honest, there was a season uh, in the first maybe six years or so of parenting that I blogged, and yeah. my husband really encouraged me to do that so that we all kind of had a record of God's grace in our lives. And I just looked back at it yesterday, and the last time... My last post was when we got chickens oh, at yeah. our old house before our fourth child was even born. Oh, yeah! So it's
0: been a <laughs> and while. And I looked at
1: like my book list yeah. and all sorts of things and thought, oh, wow, how things have changed, you know, in yeah. seven years. And so I love to think and to write when I can. Yeah. Um, but I know that this season hasn't been about that, right? And so part of it is bringing out creativity in my kiddos and yeah. encouraging them to write. Yeah, and think and doing that with them. Yeah, and there will be a time for sure. I absolutely yeah. know because um, I love, I love to write, and my husband is a big supporter of it. Yeah, and always wants to give me time.
0: Well, you're so to good do at it if it. I can. Yeah, and
1: it just hasn't hasn't been the season. Yeah, but
0: yeah, you're so good at it. Is your blog still up? Could people go find mm-hmm. what you've written? They could. Yes. They so could. where would they go? <laughs> I, I think they may want to now. <laughs> But you just have to know that a lot's changed in six yeah.
1: years. Uh, it's com. Oh, that's right. I remember that. I love that name. And that just comes from, um, Elizabeth Elliot had a quote that said, she realized she could not do this on her own, but she went to the wonderful counselor, Mighty God, and she yeah. asked his help. And so wow. that was kind of my start into motherhood and everything was just really thinking about how I can't do it on my own.
0: Right. And I, there's no way back to the instruction manuals. But yes. <laughs> back to that. Um, yes, we need so, his advice every day. So it's she asked his help. Yeah. yeah. Well I, I used to follow your blog and I loved I loved reading your your deep thoughts and your just humility and and your dependency on God, it's beautiful. It, I hope people go check it out. Even if it is six years old, then they can <laughs> catch up. And then you know, maybe so by pressure. the time they've caught up, then you'll be ready in a new season of writing again. And they can keep going. Um so you, when I first met you, your family went through a pretty significant shift. Your parents ended up fairly unexpectedly to you getting a divorce mm-hmm. and lots mm-hmm. and lots of redemption has come from that and lots of healing. And how has that, how has God used that f- or does that come into play with you and Joel? Does that shape how you two interact and, and how you protect your marriage? And Well, it definitely does.
1: Both of our parents, actually, when we were both about the same age, we didn't know each other, okay. but um, went through similar experiences where our parents got divorced. At, for us, we were 18, 19, mm-hmm. and so it was at a time where we were figuring out what it meant to be an adult, and for me, when my dad walked out, I would say that my idea of God walked out the door with him because I oh. felt like he had been the spiritual leader in our house and had kind of taught me everything. I thought I knew about God and then he walked out the door and I I think that was kind of like my first real crisis of faith. But God was so gracious because he put people like you and Michael and pastors at our church, friends, fathers who were stable men who loved Jesus in my life. Mm -hmm. And so even though I started to question and wrestle and fight like God just surrounded me with mighty men of God and women who kind of walked me through that and were just there and were steady. It looked different. Both of us had 12-year-old brothers at the time. Um, And so to watch them as they're just kind of coming into manhood struggle with all sorts of things, it was was more difficult for them, I'd say, and Mm -hmm. then figuring out how do we care for them and love them. But as we
0: Wow, parallel journeys then. I didn't know that about you, that you each were having that parallel track, similar times. So when we
1: first started talking, Joel and I were friends in college for a couple years before we started dating. And when we really started to talk seriously about relationship, for us it was so good because everything was on the table. I mean, like we had just walked through really difficult seasons with our parents. And so the idea of covenant and commitment and... I mean, like it was just so easy to have really hard, difficult conversations because we knew we didn't want to walk into something that we couldn't see through and not that you can. I mean, I think that's where you have to trust God that he will keep us. And so we pray that even today that God will keep us because in our human strength, we're all sinners and we're all prone to wander. And so it's trusting God to... Keep our marriage strong, and so well. So, how long after
0: you both went through that did you meet each other? So I was, I think I was twenty four. Okay, when so I met still Joel, still fairly yeah. fresh yeah. in the journey through life and faith, and yeah, still not something in the distant past when we no, met each other. No,
1: well, and even you know, when we first got married, things were not easy with my dad. I mean, okay. like we, my dad was my best friend growing up. I mean, we just did a lot together. We had a lot in common. I showed horses and Mm -hmm. we were outside a lot. And so God really laid on my heart in my early 20s, just what it looked like for God's father heart to pursue his people. And I just kind of realized that if I ever wanted a relationship with my dad, I would need to pursue him at that point. Mm -hmm. And I think just because it was so hard for my dad, yeah. In light of everything to reach out and yeah. to figure out what that looked like. And so um, even when Joel and I first got married, we were just really kind of working on our relationship and mm-hmm. it wasn't that deep. And But over the course of Joel and I's marriage, we've just seen God have so much redemption. Both of my parents are remarried now yeah. to incredible people that I consider my parents. I love them so much. Yeah. Like my stepdad and stepmom are such a vital part of our lives and our kids' lives. Yeah. And I just, I love them so much. And so there's been so much healing in that arena. And there was one particular weekend that we went to stay at my dad's with our kids and we went to church with them and it was this beautiful snowy morning and they went to this little cowboy church. My dad's a cowboy. And so there was totally, there might've been a steel guitar. It was oh. so awesome. Um, and it was snowing and it was in this barn and it was just this sweet worship service. And I was standing next to my dad singing to Jesus. Yeah. And there was just such healing in my heart at that moment, just realizing yeah. that God is the one that bridges chasms. And that's yeah. what forgiveness and reconciliation are. And so that was a real pivotal turning point in our hearts. I mean, to the point that our relationship is so great now, like we would, I mean, we've talked about moving out to the ranch with them and helping and serving in that way. And
0: I love that. God's such
1: a redemptive God. He is. Well, and it's been so sweet because even though my dad and I were so close growing up, I've just seen what an incredible woman of faith my mom is Hmm. in our adult years. And I don't know that I would have seen that as clearly. Right. Like she's just such a faithful prayer warrior and mm. and so I'm so grateful I mean I can look back now yeah at a really painful thing and see how God used it and yeah. how he grew me and wow. um, how he in the end has given me deeper relationships with my parents than I probably would have
0: wow yeah otherwise. that's amazing
1: I'm sorry that was a totally a tangent from what that looks like in Joel and I's marriage oh no but I think we you touched <laughs> on that
0: when you said that it having it be fairly recent when you started dating that it came up in conversation as you're trying to figure out your own relationship and probably still just I mean all of us have to ask how do you safeguard yeah. a marriage when yeah. the statistics in the church are really no different than yeah. anywhere else and yet we know God is for marriage and for commitment and It's tricky, (laughs) and especially, like we said, when you are very different people, and sometimes that's an incredible, fun compliment to each other, and sometimes it's a big, loud clash. (laughs) I
1: lived um, in Southern California for a while with a couple, and they had such a fun marriage. I mean, they just loved each other so much, and it was so fun to live with them, and their two little boys, but there was one day, they were leaving the house, and I asked where they were going, and they said marriage counseling. And I said, oh, you're going to marriage counseling. He's like, why? And Stephanie said, oh, because you know what? Our relationship is so good. We just want it to stay that way. Oh, that's the best. And I, like, that has stuck with Joel and I. I mean, for, it's been 12 years now that we've been married. But just thinking about that, like, that little comment meant so much to me. Just thinking about, oh, yeah, marriage is good. So we work on it.
0: Yeah, like we awesome. want it to
1: continue, right? In that, and so.
0: Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I don't know why. I, we've I've t- talked about that with girlfriends before. Like, why are we afraid to? We take our cars in for tune-ups. I, know. I don't know why we don't take <laughs> ourselves in for tune-ups. <laughs> we I go know. to the doctor for annual checkups. We should just have like an annual marriage counseling session I know. just for I maintenance. Because <laughs> <I know. laughs> it is hard. It's too innately. Broken people trying to come together and be united and yeah. raise well, kids.
1: Even this past weekend was really, a. we had this difficult day where because we're so different and our communication styles are different, mm-hmm. it was really, it was just difficult. And um, we're really grateful. Joel and I have some, I mean, they were never laid out ground rules, but one of those is that we never go to bed angry. Oh, we yeah. just don't like, we are quick to resolve things mm-hmm. so that they don't fester. And, and so we were, um, Joel had said something that I took wrong. And so, right. okay, something fundamentally is breaking down in our communication. And so right. how do we get out of this? And like, let's not fight at each other, but fight for really figuring out what each one of us is saying What's because here?
0: Yeah. neither
1: one of us is ill-willed and yeah. neither one of us likes conflict yeah. and we both love each other. And so how can we persist yeah. to communicate and just, and so that's... One of the things we do is we just talk yeah, and we work until
0: we... I love what you just said about how keeping in mind that we are ultimately both on the same side. Yeah. <laughs> I think that yeah. it can not feel like that at times when you aren't understanding each other or you're not communicating or I think to remember through all of that and through our differences, we still ultimately are on the same team. Yeah. And need to be trying to get to the same place. I think one of the things, and we still have (laughs) fantastically ineffective communication at times, let's just be real. (laughs) It would be like everyone listening would call me out on it if I actually implied that I have arrived in this area. But one of the things that did create a shift was I had read somewhere to just always, in an argument, say what you want and not what you don't want. So, for example, Mm -hmm. if you're saying, I would love for you to listen more rather than you never listen, (laughs) which never, (laughs) never and always those don't really generally ever work anyway, Uh, but, but Mm -hmm. just to, to shift it toward what is the goal? What are we striving for? So that instead of defining the problem, you're actually speaking toward a solution and that helped a ton so that you're not feeling shame from each other. You're actually just hearing an outcome that is desired and then you can start to break down how you get there tricky, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe we should continue this conversation over at the blog. I think marriage takes a lot of work. So you and I, we went through a similar, unfortunately challenging situation last year that for me really rocked my foundation a little bit yeah. and kind of threatened to topple some things over. And I went through all kinds of really unhealthy, numbing, avoiding methods of responding to what I would consider loss and grief to a certain extent. And those don't really work. And <laughs> 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 finally, God was like, oh, how's that working for you? Yeah, not so much. So then we went to some more healthy ways to actually be honest and, and work through. And he's grown me up a lot. I still have a lot of ground to cover, but he's he's growing me up a lot. How how did you, what did that look for, like for you and God when you were going through something similar? Kind of a crisis of sorts. Yeah. Um, well, I think this last year... And honestly, it's been
1: the most difficult year of my life since my dad left. And Joel would say that same thing. Just uh, devastating in a lot of ways. Um, And it's been, well, and some days are better than others. Like some days (laughs) you can see God's goodness and what he's doing. And his plan in other days, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And so you're faced with your own humility and even our ignorance as humans to think that we know best about all things and what the future should be and what today should hold. We've learned a lot about how God's ways are higher than our own, and they're so much better. It just hurts sometimes. Yeah. To learn that. So there are different things. I think one of the things that God was gracious to us is that we knew to not isolate ourselves. Uh, yeah. And even though that's what we wanted. Like that's we, one of the things I tried. Yeah. It didn't work very well. well. and we did in <laughs> Just some ways, like in our ability to go deep with people, we were very cautious. Yeah. In that sense, but we knew um, to not stop meeting together, like yeah. to not stop fellowshipping with people. and so God surrounded us this past year with an incredible network of people. And even, like, we've had seasons in this 25 years as friends where we spend more time together and we want to spend more time, but we can't. And then and so it's mm-hmm. fluctuated. But even in this last year, to bring the four of us together, even though we were walking through different situations to encourage one another yeah. and to try to point each other towards Christ and to say, are you forgiving? Are you yeah. carrying
0: anger? Are you, you know, like right. what are you doing? Are you, yeah. You are saying something that is such good advice because we didn't, I'm the social organizer around here. If, if we get together with anybody, it's because I put it on the calendar. That's just how yep. it works in our okay. family. And I didn't. I just shut myself in like a hermit last year in order to kind of process and cope, although I wasn't really processing. I was more just avoiding. And it it didn't work out, and it wasn't good, and it wasn't healthy, and I feel like I had to make an intentional shift to get back in community and back, like you said, linking arms with people around us that were caring about us and wanting us to be a part of community and... I didn't have anybody in my house. I always have people in my house. And I went months without anybody (laughs) coming over. (laughs) It was bad. It was bad. So I think what you're saying is so good that despite how you may feel, despite if it goes against every one of your natural inclinations at the time, it's so important to stay grounded in community. And and we did have people pursuing us. Thank the Lord, relentlessly pursuing us. And we will be forever thankful for that because what I wanted to do was Turn into a hermit and withdraw from everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, what advice would you have for any women listening that that may feel like they're just in the midst of a crisis that is not letting up, or they feel like they're being crushed by the weight of something mm-hmm. really significant, maybe loss or an impending diagnosis or issues in marriage or whatever it might be that you feel like you're just in the trenches, dealing with, what advice would you have? You, you mentioned community. How else would you encourage women as they go through those times? Well, I think ultimately reminding yourself of the gospel. I mean, I just
1: think it's so applicable and it isn't just something you think about when you're saved or when you, you become a Christian, but it's really so appropriate all the time. And just applying the gospel to whatever it is you're going through and recognizing that we are fallen and that we are not perfect. And so, however, we're looking at things, however hurt we may be, we are just as in need of a savior as yeah. whoever it is that is hurting us. Right. Um, or if you're going through sickness or death or whatever that looks like, just reminding yourself of the frailty of human nature and yeah. that we are subject to sin and death under this curse, and that that is why Jesus came. Yeah. And I was just talking to my girls about this yesterday, but Jesus says, you know, he didn't come to just abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus lives perfectly. And so he dealt with shame and death and persecution and all of those things, even exponentially more than we ever did. And he walked it out perfectly for us, knowing that we were not going to walk it out. Like he walked it out perfectly on our behalf and then he died so that we don't have to. And just remembering that and that, but it, it was finished on the cross but it wasn't finished in that he was resurrected and that he comes to bring life and life abundantly yeah and so like applying that entirety of truth to whatever it is yeah that you're walking through like remembering that he's triumphant and that this world and evil has not won and so no matter what's happening in the world or right in front of you that god has won yeah and it's finished and that it's not out of, I mean, I just think it's so important to remember that it is not needless. Yeah. Like there's purpose and God is doing all things for a reason. Yeah. And he is a good, good father. Like I think this last year we talked about Job a lot, well, even before that. um, So I'm going back just a little bit to say like one of the things that helped us most before this last year was that before it all happened is we talked about having a doctrine of suffering. Mm. And really, so while we weren't suffering, we studied suffering uh, and what it looked yeah. like, and so whether you're in First Peter or Job or Psalms, or you're just looking at suffering and loss, because Jesus doesn't say, like in this world, if you have tribulation, right? He says yeah. when you have exactly. tribulation, like we're all going to go through it, yeah. Like that is and yet the we're reality. So yeah, by I don't it know. Sometimes. If, yeah, I don't know why. Like, wait, what? Me? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the reality of this life, and so being prepared so that when, yeah. I felt like my faith was rocked and my world mm-hmm. was rocked. Um, and what I knew was rocked, in the end, I was at peace because I had this view of God that was so big. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he would keep me yeah. and that whatever work he was doing, he was going to complete it. Yeah. And that he was faithful when I'm not faithful. And I had that in the back of my mind so that I could honestly wrestle with, wait, I don't know if he's good. Yeah. you know, And I could get back to, wait, if He's God, then he's good, and so um, it was really having that just an idea of what suffering is before we got there, and so that's like one of the things that was has been key for us because then when you are doubting, you at least know where to go
0: to remind
1: yourself of what truth is.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. And then, like you said, getting that from your community too. Yeah. So that when you're to be not able to see that as clearly. You have people around you reminding you of what is true.
1: Yeah, and yeah. holding your arms up. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, it's such a beautiful picture in the Old Testament of Aaron like holding out Moses's arms. Like yeah. you can't like just that idea of the body of Christ loving each other so well that we can be real. Yeah, about how hard it was, and that's what like this last year has been for us. Is God surrounded us with people who were okay? Yeah, that we were broken. Yeah, and yeah, were loved us anyway and mm-hmm. they didn't want anything from us yeah. and recognizing that like that's what we're called to yeah. as the body of Christ is loving people in all sorts of different areas um, right. and different seasons. Yeah. I mean, like today we're leaders, today we don't ever want to lead anybody again, you know, or whatever, like and, yeah. it changes, um, but being willing to stick with one another through those seasons yeah. and not being scared when somebody says, I don't know if I believe.
0: Right. And then they can sing when we can't yeah. until we can... Absorb those truths. Yeah, back like, again,
1: believe for one another. Mm-hmm. I and mean, like, yeah. And we had people say that, like, I am trusting God for you right now because I know it's really hard for you to trust Him. Yeah. And so um,
0: I always think about that as a worship leader that we don't hardly ever include lament yeah. in our songs, and yet the Psalms are filled with yeah. lament, just wrestling against what is going on in the world and the injustices and the evil and the bad guys seem to be winning and. There's so much of that tension of, hey, I'm doing the right thing here. Why in the world is all this happening? But that doesn't come out in our songs often. And right. um, and so I always wonder if, if we were to incorporate more of that, that maybe then it wouldn't be so surprising. Or if we were to talk about it more, like you said, prepare for suffering because it isn't. It's not an if, it's a win. Yeah. Because I think sometimes that can be the thing that rattles faith the most is the surprise factor. We think if we're doing something, if we're doing everything right, everything will go right. But it's not true. Yeah. It, uh, nothing about any of the examples in scriptures reflect that. I mean, <laughs> if that were true, why was Paul beaten and imprisoned? And
1: It's like Job could say, though you slay
0: me, still yeah. I will praise you. Yeah. Like it's blessed
1: be the name of the Lord, you give and you take away. Right. But really, you're talking about when he takes away. Yeah. And how hard it is to yeah. utter praises in those moments, and how we as believers could collectively come alongside one another. Yeah. And
0: I love that you're talking about the honesty piece too, where you're like, okay, we can just be honest with our friends, honest with God. This stinks. This is hard. I don't get it. I'm a little uncertain about what you're doing right now. And, and yet, He can handle all that. Yeah. And I think. That would be my advice from what I went through is that I would have chosen to be more honest sooner with God and myself, because it took me going through surgery to actually put the brakes on my life where I really didn't have anything to do. (laughs) Except you couldn't do anything. (laughs) It was like like in that moment of kind of forced quiet, God was like, and let's have a chat. Let's talk about some things here. And that was when I finally was able to be honest and come clean about the, the hurt that I wasn't letting him heal. And yeah. and I wish I had done that sooner. Like, I don't know why I waited so long. I mean, that was months later that I that it took for me to finally be honest, say, this stinks. <laughs> Darn it. Well, and I think
1: it's good to realize that even though there's healing, it doesn't mean that things don't ever resurface. And oh, right. so yeah. constantly practicing that yeah. honesty of, okay, like, where is there hardness in my heart? Yeah. Like, where... Is there? Mm -hmm. Like, is this not just righteous anger is their sin in this like where do I need to look inside to say God I need a savior like I need I need help here because like this is resurfacing and it's boiling up and I thought yeah I thought we'd deal with this like Mm -hmm. you know and just to be able to continually go back to him
0: yeah and And while that's exactly no fun at the time none I did not love (laughs) having to kind of go through an itemized inventory of all the areas that I wasn't really letting God have access that was not my favorite but ultimately the very best thing and yeah. brought about the healing that was necessary. And, and yeah, it's still a journey. I'm not, it's not like I'll ever arrive at this place of ultimate security identity in Christ with no troubles. That's what we're talking about. It's not like that in this life, but allowing him full access was ultimately the path to healing Yeah, for me. absolutely. So, um, so you have an incredibly beautiful heart for justice. It's one of the things I'm crazy about for you and you talk about it with your kids and it's such a part of your family's little culture and dynamic um what are the ways that you're currently advocating for justice
1: that is an excellent question because our is in this season of transition and really figuring out honestly, what that looks like. We've had the sweet season of raising babies and being bound to naps and food schedules yeah, and all sorts right. of things. And our little people, I'm um, our little people now, and they're a yeah. lot more flexible. So we're taking inventory of our life right now. And we look back and we see this last season as a time kind of for building and instructing and trying to give our kids just a knowledge of the world and what is happening in the world. And now we're evaluating, okay, so what do we, how are we not just hearers of the word what is it like to do? Uh, yeah. And so and not just do like send money, which right. is important, but also like how do we take our kids with us yeah, to not just tell them to care for people, but to show them how? Yeah, well, like we yeah. And dive in. Like how yeah. do we as a family fight for the oppressed? And how yeah. do we fight for um, widows and orphans and um even just the broken? Like yeah. you can be broken in suburbia. Right. You can be broken yeah. in poverty. And yeah. so how do we how do we care for people like wherever it is today that God has us. And yeah. so there are things that we do, books that we read. We just, right now, I'm reading with the girls, A Long Walk to Water. Oh, okay. Which is um, a fantastic book. It's just a little book and it walks through the life of two Sudanese children okay. in different decades and what they experience spending. I mean, there's little girl walks and they're based on a true story, but, and a little girl walks to water and she walks all morning to get to the pond. Oh, and then wow. she walks all the way back for lunch so that she can have some milk so that she can go get water in the afternoon oh, for goodness. dinner. And back in that is her life.
0: Wow. And
1: until it's the dry season. And then she has to like dig through mud so that water seeps out of the ground to get enough water for her family to drink that day. And just so whether it's reading books like that or just talking about the world, we in different seasons have been better about this, but we have a Voice of the Martyrs poster in our dining room. And we would read about different countries where Christians are persecuted and people are in need and try to cultivate um, a heart of prayer. Um, well, we're in our home yeah. for our girls, and so now we're figuring out what it looks like outside of the home. Yeah. And um so we're excited, and we don't really know what this next chapter looks like so for our great. family.
0: I love that. Um, we'll have to have you back when <laughs> when God puts some more details <laughs> around that. I know. I was you. laughing
1: about made for this. I'm like, made for what? I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do, because today I have these little girls in our home, and we want to help cultivate a love for people. And yeah.
0: Tell us about Voice of the Martyrs. I, I used to... F- I used to have their information come in, and I, I don't currently, but tell people, anybody listening, what that is and how they might also access. So Voice of the Martyrs is a
1: fantastic organization, and we have a local um, representative, but you can just go to the Voice of the Martyrs website. Uh, and they have all sorts of resources, but they just look at the world, and they have people all over the world that are that are believers. And so you see, and they put together magazines and different things so that you can really know and pray for believers all over the world who are really persecuted and there are i mean so many places where you can be killed for being a believer and just raising that awareness of what it looks like to be a believer and we have we're in this little pocket right now um in the united states where we have such freedom yeah To have podcasts about what we believe, and we don't feel threatened that somebody's going to come get us, um, and to really recognize that that is not the norm, and that it is a gift, like, regardless of what our political climate is, like, we live in a very unique, privileged place, right? um, Where we can freely talk about these things for now, and to not take that for granted, um, and then to recognize that so many people in the world don't have that freedom,
0: right? Well, and they would kind of spotlight people that you could then pray for so that you could hear their stories and see what was happening and what obstacles they were facing and victories they were encountering, but also just how like you said, that there is actual persecution. and yeah. We can maybe use that word a little lightly over here, but then you get perspective when yeah. you hear. Like,
1: oh, I got yelled out on Facebook because I have a belief, you yeah. know, um, is yeah. radically different than...
0: I've been imprisoned yes. and forgotten yeah. because I spoke out for what I believe. Yeah. 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 That was incredible. I don't know why I'm not following that anymore. I'm going to have to start doing that again. You yeah. But they're was... a good one. Yeah, And then we
1: also, so we're trying to do both where we're recognizing believers and caring for the believers in the church at large, but then also what is, it look like just to look at the world as a whole and see where there are needs like yeah physical needs and so we just recently like over lunch listened to a podcast on what's happening in Aleppo
0: and oh, so the right. girls yeah. kind of
1: got a historical background of what's happening in Syria, and kind of our our oldest has a huge heart um, for justice, and so she was really moved, and so she's yeah. currently trying to start a business so that she can raise money to oh, help of course she kids, is. Um, sweet girl, well, people in Aleppo, and she's like, you guys, it's not that hard. Like for thirty dollars, you get two sleeping bags. Oh, you can feed, you know, and so she just gets best. excited about you can feed, you know, several families for a couple of months for two hundred dollars, like.
0: Oh, I love it. And that. so
1: um, they're all about right now, they want to have a rice and beans month. Okay. Where we just eat rice and beans. And then she's like, and mom, we can send all the money that we spent at Costco to Aleppo. Oh,
0: my goodness. Um.
1: And so we're going to figure out what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was
0: like, maybe we could do a
1: week to start with. Like,
0: do we right? have to commit
1: to a full month? Because oh. not all of your sisters might be on board with this, but like, right. it's such a good exercise. And so then even talking about, like, do we have a rice and beans night? Do we have a, oh my you know, goodness. what does that look like in our family to,
0: Oh, I love that! that. Oh, that's um, the best. Oh, I love seeing God tug at our kids' hearts in certain ways. Well, and they move me. I mean, my
1: especially Addie, like she's so driven and she is a doer, and so she doesn't let mom say, "Oh, "Oh, we'll get to that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll do that. We should talk about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Let's do that. She's like, "All right, like, have you sent my money to Aleppo? Because here's (laughs) my money. Like, (laughs) have you done that yet, or whatever?" And so, oh my goodness. um, She's prompted us to action so many times. Oh, isn't that so. so
0: great? I love even just looking at my kids, and you know, now I'm I'm launching my person, my first person out into the world this year. I can't talk about it. I was his first I babysitter. Know, his I first know, babysitter, right? right? I know you were. I know you held him and loved him, and now he's big and leaving. And but yeah, you just go. Okay, I see God's hand on you, and I see Him gifting you, and both my kids. I see what God is doing in their hearts, and you just—it's so interesting to see. How he'll keep growing that up and for your sweet girl. She's already wanting to start businesses to help people around the globe. What God will do with that throughout her life is is exciting. And and I'm sure her sisters will follow right in her footsteps. And that's awesome. That's so exciting. Um, well, okay. This is gonna be shifting gears massively, but so close. You <laughs> honestly, it's so good that you're here right after we just released Jenny's podcast where she talked about how she and I could have a so close battle. I really feel like you'd be a worthy contender also. Mm -hmm. Your so close moments are so funny and frequent (laughs) like they are in my life, which I love this. My sweet
1: (laughs) dear husband said when I said, he's like a so close moment. He's like, you don't really have... So close moments. You have an entire stream of completely missed the
0: mark moments. Oh no, that's just mean, hurtful teasing. And I was like, hey, he goes, well, really, like. Do you oh. come close? Because
1: most of the time, you are in left field. Oh, that's and, um... hilarious.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, call it what you will. Yeah, I feel I have missed the mark moments, clearly, but they're funny, and they, again, we bring color to our yes. husbands. Yes, yes, yes. I got to witness one of your so close moments, so while you're, you know, generating from your list, I thought one of my very favorite <laughs> moments with you, and my husband laughed so hard he couldn't breathe, was... <laughs> Recently, when we are training our puppies, which isn't that just the greatest. Here we are going through similar things, and then we end up in puppy class together. It was the best thing ever. It was. You were such a bright spot. Such God's grace. mm -hmm, Because. Like I said, I wasn't bringing anyone into my world, so it was so creative of him to put you in the one place that I actually was going out to be <laughs> with the <people. To> obedience path, <laughs> right? And he, he brought you to puppy class uh, with me. Isn't it ironic that neither one of us were being <laughs> very obedient in our hearts, and we were trying to train our dogs? I um. know. I know. It was so funny. So we're at this class, which is so stressful anyways. I was always so stressed. Andrew and I okay. were so unbelievably stressed on the way out there because it's all on the spot, and you have to... Show that you've been doing all your homework and then you're at the mercy of this dog (laughs) may or may not do what you want in front of all the people and so we're tossing the ball to distract our puppies and this is all fine until you decide to put (laughs) all the force and muscle into your throw. just as in this circle an unsuspecting man was walking out to retrieve his ball and you nailed that poor guy in the last place he would want to be nailed with like more aim than you and I should ever get credit for because we are not ball sport people. <laughs> You could have not been more on target <laughs> if you had meant to, and you threw that thing hard. I, <laughs> I don't even know what
1: happened. Like, my family jokes about these things we called spaz moments, where all of a sudden, like, things go flying, and oh I don't know why I didn't throw... I mean, I'm right-handed, and I was throwing across a circle, and the man was on my right. Uh-huh. Like, how... I don't know. Did my body turn? Like... <laughs> i don't even know oh my god it was not so close it was right on oh i was so mortified and i totally i look around for help and michael is in the corner Uh doubled over in hysterics (laughs) texting my husband to say you will
0: never believe what your wife just did oh he couldn't breathe oh (sighs) my gosh he thought that was the best thing he'd ever seen in his life and the funny thing is he'd never i think that was like one of one of two classes that he even went to yeah and Oh, he was so happy that that was the one he picked so he could be there to see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved that. That just made me so happy. And that poor man. And he handled it so well. He did. He really did. Like, well, I mean, but what do you do? Like, he's a total stranger. Do I walk <laughs> over and pat him and be like, oh, dear. <laughs> uh, you okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you handled it well. And then he just, <laughs> like, like, I mean, he really had to have been concealing all of his reaction that he was having. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the best. So, well, but I know you have a lot of these, so go ahead and... Well, I have so many, and I just laugh that you brought up that
1: one because so many of them end up completely inappropriate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they're so great.
1: <laughs> they're not. And so, like, I I went... And I don't even think that you've heard it. I don't... Maybe you have. Oh, I can't uh, Have you... So... I was in college, okay, and there was a fraternity, um, and you of course remember Jason Randall's. yes. So Jason is in this fraternity, and they did this thing called Oktoberfest, and okay. it was to like rally people so that they wouldn't drink, and it would give okay. them like a fun night of entertainment.
0: Clever. Okay. And so
1: um, I'm was we were going, my roommate and I, and we're walking there, and we were talking about what was on the agenda for the night, and they were going to play. Kind of a version of the dating game. Okay. And so at that point in life, especially, we were, like, so offended. Like, it's so, like, I don't know, just um, degrading to women to, you know, this whole thing. And so we get there. And my dear friend Jason Randles is standing by the back door and he's supposed to be emceeing the entire night. Uh-huh. And so he's at the back of the auditorium and he grabs us and he, like the lights are going down, like we are right on time. And he says, our people didn't show up for the dating game. You have to help us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, no, 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 no. And at this point we thought it was still individ- like an individual type dating game. And so we're both, my roommate and I are both laughing, trying to convince the other person to do it because we think it'd be funny if they had to do it. And Jason says, oh, well, this is perfect because it's doubles. It's a double date. And so at that point, we're totally stuck. Yeah. Like the music starts. Oh my And gosh. so we end up going up front and there's, well, so there's three sets of two girls um, who are vying for a double date with these two guys from their fraternity okay. who are, you know, hidden behind the wall. And so he starts, and it's an entire auditorium, like several hundred, okay. mostly fraternity boys. And we are, if I told you this story? <laughs> <No>. Okay. <laughs> I'm
0: so excited. So a new one. I'm this this so This is excited. so bad.
1: This is so close, but so far.
0: So, a <laughs> miss the market. entirely. This is so bad.
1: So we're on stage, and they're asking these questions, and, um, and in all honesty, like the other two sets of girls were... Like, giving really stereotypical, like, kind of um, provocative answers. Uh And so my roommate and I are trying not to. But we keep getting these really ridiculous questions. Okay. And she was presented the question, if you two were a flavor of ice cream, (gasps) what would you be? And so she says something like, chocolate and vanilla, the like, the best of both worlds or something okay. like that. And people kind of chuckle. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, I didn't mean it yeah. bad, yeah. you know, light and dark. No, I didn't yeah. Like, anyway. So <laughs> it gets to me. And, oh, like, I should not be allowed to speak in public. <laughs> because <laughs> Jason says, all right, we get another ridiculous question. And he says, so if you were an animal, what would you be? And I panic. Oh, no. And I'm racking my brain for what... Animal like, would I be? Oh and I remember back in to high school when I was running for a student body and I was presented that same question. And then it was so great because I answered, Oh, I would be a panther because I pounce on things and I get <laughs> the job done. Oh. And it was such a great answer when you're running for office in high school. Oh, but when you say no. to several hundred fraternity boys, I would be a panther. Oh. Cause I pounce on things (laughs) and I get the job done. I'm so sorry, this is not appropriate. And so the place goes silent. Oh, of course it Silent. Did. And then all of a sudden, like out of their seats, like, yeah. <laughs> there's arms waving and Jason Randalls, who is my oh dear friend my who we gosh. grew up going to church with, does nothing. He stands there jaw dropped, uh-huh. microphone in oh, hand. he has no words. Staring. Oh, like, and that's pretty hard he, to make him speechless. Totally. <laughs> he offered me no support. He just <laughs> stared at me for so long. I was so mortified. <laughs> And then he's like, "Well, there we have it." Oh my god! <laughs> and, and it just didn't end because then people around campus that oh, I didn't totally even know, forever. like they would, hey, gro- they would go, oh, yeah. like oh, when I walked by, gosh. and people called me the cat lady. Like, oh, my it was gosh. so mortifying for so long. And got so, hundreds of
0: frat boys up on their feet. Carly. It, yeah, there I did. Go. was
1: So proud of that moment <laughs> when I was thinking, "Oh, this is such a good answer." I was so close
0: to the. Couldn't tell Right said, answer, like, but it just. me rabbit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm cute. Cute. No, 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 no. I <laughs> pounce on things and I like the night oh and I get the job gosh. done or whatever it was. Like it was so.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So, so close. So close. So but close. But so mm. far that's from what best. I meant. Mm. Cute little puppy. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh, no. <laughs> Nope, nope. Oh, that's, that's so, so funny. Now that's on record. Oh, and yeah. that reputation stayed with you for a while. That's awesome. Oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just like to say to Jenny Hampton that I did not yeah. want to get my children taken away from yeah, me yeah, because yeah. I exactly. took them to another country trying exactly. to get to the zoo. Yeah.
0: I was like, Phew, not not as bad yeah, as Jenny. <laughs> interrogated by people with machine guns. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty... Pretty equally traumatizing, though. Uh-huh. That's funny. The one that, the other one that made my husband laugh, and now I'm just having fun here. Oh, perfect! Shoot, when you showed up last year to our Christmas party oh, no. in a jacket that you handed to us, and we put it away, and then at the end of the night we returned said jacket to you, and you said, "That's not my jacket." <laughs> and he said, it, "It's your jacket," and you said, "No, it's not my jacket. My jacket's brown. This jacket's black. blue or whatever, black." black. And we said, well, there's not very many jackets left. This is the one you gave us. Are you sure you don't want to take it home? And you're like, no, because why would I take that jacket home if it's not mine? <laughs> <laughs> and we got this whole extended dialogue. And we finally went, well, okay. Right. Then I guess we'll keep the jacket. And sure enough, nobody else claimed it that was still there. And we had the jacket a week later. And you called us and said, um... <laughs> So I was right, (laughs) and I was wrong. He said, so you see, the thing is, my mom and I have the same jacket, but hers is black, and mine's brown, (laughs) and when I dropped my kids off, I grabbed the other one and brought it to your house, so it really wasn't my jacket, I was right. I told you, it wasn't my jacket. It wasn't my jacket. (laughs) And we were like, but also... It did come with you. You <laughs> did wear it right inside of our house. Oh, oh the I best was thing ever. Oh, it was
1: so terrible. Like, I went to hang up my jacket mm-hmm. when I... No, I didn't have a jacket. I Oh, I got home right, and my jacket was j- hanging on the yeah. thing. And I was like, hey, I was right, not my jacket. And I felt hey. just so validated. And then my mom went to leave after babysitting our children and said... Where's my jacket? Oh my gosh! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that would
0: be back at the Turners. uh, I know, I know where it is. Close. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Give me a couple days, Mom. I'll have it right back. (laughs) That was the best. He laughed about that forever, and that I think was the start of the group texts. Oh, I think it was. Yeah, which are always entertaining between the four of us. Oh, so fun. Okay, we got to wrap this up, but a couple fun questions. I always try to close out with fun, happy, light questions um you love cooking and you're good at it and you have healthy cooking where do you find your recipes that you like google um okay. <laughs> do you have a specific uh, website um, i enjoy? well there's a,
1: a handful of them mostly our family eats um kind of paleo or grain free mm-hmm. um just for some dietary reasons and so um a lot of times i'll just type in paleo okay. whatever it is that i want to make um, and then because i cook a lot i Modify things to how right. it'll work with our family. Okay. Um. But I really love like against all grain is really great and um. Okay. And there's a couple. Um. But mostly I just um, type in paleo. Yeah. Um, I have a friend. We also do a thing called once a month meals where we cook a bajillion meals oh, all nice. at the same time and put them in our freezer. Oh, that's so. And fun. there's a website called once a me- once a month com, and so they have a ton of recipes for any any sort of meal plan you need or dietary restrictions or allergies or anything. And so you can select what kind of foods you want. And so we've been fairly pleased with a lot of their recipes over the last few years of changing our family's diet and that kind of thing. And so they're really helpful. That's
0: really helpful. Uh, You and I deal with a lot of strange allergy-related issues, so that's helpful to know. I haven't tried that website yet, so yay. Um, What are you currently reading? Or are you? We talked about seasons of life. Sometimes... For babies is maybe not the like most time in your life to read, but are you reading anything fun right now? Um, well, I have a stack, and so I laughed because I was like, maybe I should take a picture of the stack. Um, <laughs> but I,
1: <laughs> I think I can tell you what's in it. Um, and I am actually reading all of them. I'm kind of back into a phase I do that of too. reading I don't more. I've know very
0: many people that do um, that. I always have a couple things going
1: at yeah, the same time. Well, and it yeah, it just depends um, on where we're at. But there's a few things that are important to me right now that I'm trying to figure out, and then. As a family, we read things or whatever. So in a nutshell, I'm reading um, Befriend by Scott Sauls, Okay. And um, it's about like having depth of relationship in a world where there isn't depth of relationship and what that really looks like to befriend people mm-hmm. um, and to be a friend to people. Um, and I just started that, so I can't tell you any more information okay. about it. Um, I just finished a book called Go by Preston Sprinkle. Ah. That's um, about what it really looks like to make disciples and uh-huh. to walk with people um, and I would recommend it. It's so good. Um, and I, The Hidden Life of Prayer Okay. Um, by McIntyre. It's a little tiny book that was written in like 1890, oh, I wow. think. Um, and then I'm reading The 4-Hour Workweek oh. uh, from the business perspective by Tim Ferriss, um, for my husband's sake. Like he okay. read it because we're really rethinking life right now and just trying to figure out like how, like could we free Joel up, even in his current job, from time and yeah, space right. to make it more flexible for ministry or doing like whatever this new thing is but we just really want we don't know what it looks like
0: I love that that you don't even know but you're already just trying to like clear out space for
1: whatever it might be yeah that's so exciting and so yeah we're getting ready like we're getting things fixed on our house and I mean not that we are we don't know if we're gonna sell it but we want to be ready for whatever God is asking our family to do oh my goodness and so um Yeah. And so part of that is my husband is an entrepreneur at heart and he has a million ideas all the time. And my background is business and strategy. And I've been in the business of raising Uh kiddos for a while. And so now we're just really talking about, okay, what would this look like to actually be a team and
0: a force outside of our home? Okay. Speaking of that, this will be a great way to close. The point of the podcast is encouraging women to live out their purpose. What advice do you have for women of just showing up to their life and living intentionally in the life that God's given them. You know, there's there's working moms, there's people who don't have kids, there, there's different seasons of our life, but I think every day we can live out our purpose. What encouragement do you have for women?
1: Well, I'd say it's waking up. I mean, I think we all ask what, like, what is God's will? What does he want me to do? And the reality is, is I woke up in my house with my husband and four girls today. Yeah. And so God's will is that I would love them and be faithful to what he's called me to today. Yeah, And so some of that seems mundane, like laundry right. and making dinner again and doing mm-hmm. dishes again. Mm-hmm. Um, but really that even those little things would be prayer for them and prayer for whatever's next. And so I think it would be really like waking up and saying, I mean, Jesus says, don't be anxious for tomorrow mm-hmm. for today has enough worries of its own. So he might be doing something with us tomorrow, Yeah, but I have to be faithful with, what's today. Yeah. And so it's kind of balancing that idea of what we've been talking about, like a holy discontent. Where yeah. You're, yeah. Where you're, it, where it's okay that God is stirring something in us. Yeah. And we recognize that he's moving us and things are probably not going to look the way they have. Yeah. But we don't know what that is yet. Yeah. So we don't need to, worry about it right and we don't need to spend all day and night hunting down what it is that right. we're called to do clamoring like for, yeah, yeah we can be faithful today and yeah. say what little things can we do today
0: yeah to and then the next kingdom. thing you know you have a little girl that wants to help Aleppo yeah get resources yeah and because you poured in faithfully so well it's... I love you you're great I'm so glad you're here thanks for being on the program <laughs> love having you in my, in my kitchen and um Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Julie. Yay! Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Carly. I'm so inspired by her faith, her dependence on God in all circumstances, and her incredible heart for justice. If you have any questions for Carly or I after listening to this story, please visit my Julie Turner Music Facebook page and leave us a comment underneath the podcast post. I'd love to start a conversation with you so we can encourage each other to daily live in our purpose. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time on the Made for This podcast.